Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And special guest in the studio. We're playing a couple shows here in California together and uh, managed to plan a day to talk to David Reed. Hello. Whom you may know from Lasseraylon and Venomous, uh, Nightmares, 45 other things. Right. A lot. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention? <laughs> a lot. Brittle foundries, foundries. Fatal Gaze. Um, snip Snip. Snip Snip Records. Defunct. Yeah. Everybody, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> the world was clamoring for an answer. Right. What? <laughs> what did happen? The computer yes. died. <laughs> took everything. And also, it was becoming a giant pain to just, it became work. Yeah, I understand like, that. Right. Like, it was fun, and then it wasn't. You have to embrace it when it becomes work, or else it's uh, it's not nearly as fun as it it seems like it should be. Right. <laughs> it can go from being work to becoming fun again, though. I didn't let it get. <laughs> didn't I didn't get that far. I didn't power through that phase. <laughs> uh, and you know, when we have a guest as a little as a little treat, we like to let them pick the record. <laughs> And, and wow, what a what a cool record! You picked a you great picked. one. Yeah, mm, thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited. You know, obviously, it it goes without saying at this point that you know, noise extra. We are we we have obviously just extended our branches into so many different realms. You know, under kind of the umbrella of of noise, and you know, having done stuff like Lamont Young and Aghast and and Anade, I think this record fits right in that world, uh, and this record being Lull, Cold Summer. Oh, yeah. And speaking of picking, I would like to pick David's shirt right off of his body, because that is a really cool Lull shirt. That is awesome. <laughs> David is representing oh, yeah. with an original Lull shirt. And where did you get that shirt? This was part of the Manifold box set special edition that came with the Lull Collected CD. Wow. So cool. And do you think the mouth of that wailing child is an eyeball or it's it, actual gums? It, it definitely is. It's referred to as the eye baby. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's oh, really it is. Good. Yeah, oh, cool. and yeah. it's from a seven inch that they so, did. Good, because I keep staring at it. Yeah. It's from a seven inch I think we might talk about for the Patreon. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, but all, as always, before we get into our record, now... Gray and David have just done a little little road trip. Now, did you guys have some recent listening from that? Uh, you know, we just kind of talked. Just kind of check because you've probably been a while. You've so you know, to catch, catch up. up. That's yeah. nice. And our drive was, you know, uh, two hours each way, so it's not exactly. We just went down to San Diego, played a show with uh, a bunch of great folks: uh, Reaper, Latin Barbar, Dysthemia, Mala Migdala. Uh, yeah, what a what a killer show! Yeah, but also, cool. also, we do know we do realize the. The drive from LA to San Diego could be like six to seven it, hours. It yeah. Two yeah. hours. Yeah, it's not time. always yeah. two hours. Yeah. But yes, it can easily be. It's taking me five hours before you go at the wrong time. That that traffic. It's a. It's worse than LA traffic getting around in in San Diego. I feel like had a great time in San Diego though. Uh, you know, it's did, the traffic. You know, we did have a time an eta that we had to leave we're monitoring the traffic situation yeah and we only left about an hour and a half after that thanks to me <laughs> but i was keeping an eye on it i, I know I, I set myself an unattainable goal so when i fail it's expected i'm just used to it and then but then there's still an allowance for uh the amount of time that we have to get there 
<laughs> awesome. If you know me well enough, you understand this way of this mode of thinking. <laughs> well, so, but any other recent listening, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't really noisy in the car, I guess. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I don't mean outside of the car. I mean, before that, before this trip, what do you, what do you guys been listening maybe to? Maybe like some packing or getting ready. Just music? anything. Well, I've been working on new tapes. So I've been listening to those oh, and, nice. and dubbing stuff. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna show that stuff yet because it's uh it's coming soon. Very. You guys have seen, of course, some of the stuff. You have a top very, secret. Very psyched. Listening. Very psyched uh, on some of the new Kendrick stuff coming out. Um, yeah, I, I won't spoil it though. Yeah, I feel yeah, we'll I, I, I'm keep, I'm, I'll curdle it. We'll talk about it when it's I'll curdle it when it's curdle. out there in the. It looks. Killing. It looks good. What about you, David? Have you been listening to anything? Not so much noise, but a lot of black metal and more classic metal. What what what's been some standouts? We can we can talk we can talk metal. We like for a metal. second. We like it. Um, there's a label called No Remorse Records out of Greece, and I became aware of them through one of the distros that I buy from, and really liking a lot of the hidden gems. I don't know where they're uncovering things. If it's just collector market or not, but Emerald and Dark Age. So from Los Angeles. I got no idea here. Tamaron, <laughs> Chicago band. <laughs> what, no, are they, what, are they, what are they from? Uh, like oh, what which, year? What year? Oh, early 80s. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, oh, very like cool. The really, golden era. Yeah. So there's that black metal. There's uh, also a group I'm in on Facebook called Noise Now Playing, and that's really got me listening to a lot of noise Again, like I, I kind of gotten out of it, but man, there's some good recommendations, and I'm like, oh, I have that. So I have this stack of things I go through. Hell yeah! And do you have, ever have trouble finding them, like in your stacks? Oh I'll, yeah, I'm just digging constantly. <laughs> but but it's nice because I'll be going through. I don't have any organization whatsoever. They're in boxes, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll be digging and digging and digging, and I'll end up. I'm looking for this, and now I have like six other CDs that I've set off to mm-hmm. the side. That's the best part, though. I right. love that. I love that. That's what we've been doing, too. Like, we look for a specific thing, and then you find 10 other things. And you're like, oh, I want to listen to this. Oh, remember oh, this? Especially and then in the like, We have three boxes we, we didn't s- fully unpack from the move. And it's still, they're still there. And they're still and full of stuff. <laughs> this also, you'll oh. notice, happens when we do, if you hear the Patreon, Patreon episodes where I think I have a special or colored vinyl <laughs> version or something, <laughs> and I can't find it. So Screen that proof. happened with the Yenpok 7-inch where... <laughs> They're like, oh, just take a photo of yours for the for the episode, and I'm like, I can't, I can't find it. <laughs> the Connellys were teasing me about. You were, but there it's was like a sweet colored There's vinyl. There's a little bit of going. There was, that, that, one's not, that one wasn't colored, but I, I did find the uh, Hollow Earth seven inch, which is painted on one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yenpox Hollow Earth seven inch, and I did find my copy of the Drone seven inch, which I immediately sent photos to the Noise Extra group chat to, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> make sure the Connellys knew I wasn't lying. Honestly. Uh, whoever sold that to you, um, the overnight shipping, shipping must yeah, have been yeah, expensive. No, but, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we get it here. It's just, yeah. Um, we, we listened to, uh, Otaker, Otaker, whatever. Oh yeah. EP7. Not, you know, I've always said Otaker, but yeah, I don't know if that's right. I, don't, I thought it was Otakree because it is a, it's actually a shortened condensed version of their full name. It's like audio, technical research or something oh i didn't know you know what i didn't know that dropping knowledge bombs i actually did not know that so it's it's not an acronym because it's just pieces of 
but that's it's what I've heard. I didn't. I never yes. thought of that. Uh, it's a, it's so it's a it's a made up word, much like which I never knew. Luasarelan was a made up word, correct? Or made up mm-hmm. two words. Yeah. I, uh, I we learned that on the uh, harsh episode of Harsh Truths that you were on. Obviously, yes. shout out to Harsh yes. Truths, everyone. Yeah. Definitely uh, should check out uh, the interview with Dave Reed. It's a great interview. Um, but I didn't. I actually never knew what I, I never knew what Luasarelan was. Yeah. I assumed it was another language. And, and I also appreciate that you can look at it and pronounce it. It always Easily. made me think of uh, either yeah. like a, a like a unknown constellation of stars or something, okay. or uh, or like something like some sort of like Mesopotamian lore, like it really like an an elder god or something, or like some kind of weird thing. I was thinking more um, about an ancient area or okay. an ancient city. A zone, yeah. Oh, did nice. you did you know that it was those. a made up name? Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Because I mean, you, Gray, you're certainly uh, in, introduced us to to David Reed's work. I mean, you've done, you did the CD collab, but you also did, you you we certainly did, did. Oh, you did that one three inch with the cutout cover, right? That, oh yeah, become the stalking horse of all your fears. Right. I think that's that was the first kind of yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think it's the, one of the first things you ever gave us yeah. when we first met. No, I put out a lot of David stuff. We this uh you know we're doing a little tour together, kinda just hang out and play a couple shows. Um but we first toured together back in, in two thousand four. My first my first big tour we did was sixteen 16 days or something together. Oh, it was ridiculous. It uh, was it was too much. It, it was <laughs> for a first time it for was a first lot. time 18 hour drives. I mean, you, you know, if you you know it was oh, I know, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my my first tour we did It was did, 6 weeks. Yes, and we did wow. Miami to Houston. We played Miami one night and Houston the next night. Oh, you're joking. That's ins- They but, were insane. But again, it, it was, was we were 20 and 20. It was just like you get road dog at that. Yeah. And we were just so just like wild and, and excited to be touring. Yeah. And, oh, it was fun. The, yeah. the printed also, out maps from Yahoo Maps was like oh, an inch thick. Yeah, if you didn't have a map quest, map blast, <laughs> no. not even was free that? Because no, this was, was 2001. Insane. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, it's like two people had cell phones. Uh, oh, oh, one person had a cell phone. That was me. <laughs> you, yeah. There was eight people in the van. I was the only one with a cell phone. So we And like half the tour was booked through phone, like yeah. by calling yeah. somebody. Yeah. Um, I it's it's actually insane to me to think that like you guys that made tour it back. Happened. Yeah, 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 I can't like, believe you made it to the shows. You made it back. It we, was wild. Our first van broke down. We bought another van. We didn't miss. I don't think we missed any shows. I think only one of the vans was in my name. Then one was in Mike's <laughs> name, and then, then one was in nobody's name. Then we bought a van. <laughs> that the van that was bought for that tour. By the end of the tour, the brake line was so <sighs> screwed up. They kept having to fill it with brake fluid like every like hour or so. Oh. Fun, <laughs> but again, like there was no like. It was kind of like that. Yeah. This is tour. Oh, I had a bad. I had a bad van once that I <laughs> right. Oh, right. We all, we all had some bad vans. But yeah, Dave and I toured with uh, with Jorge Castro, Cornucopia, who was all the sixth release on Condradic. I think cool. uh, he played live in Detroit. That's when I met him way back when. But we met uh, at a show in the early two thousands at some point down in Ohio. Yeah, um, Akron. And uh, Stephen put it on. Yeah, it was it was a Stephen Petrus murderous wow. vision that uh, was was wow, putting the show cool. on. Wow, that's cool. So cool. Uh, yeah, just I don't know. This is a this is a cool thing. But I've, David and I've talked a lot about about music, and we've collaborated together a lot and uh, released each other stuff. So yeah, this what, is a 
I haven't had a chance to listen to the the harsh truths yet, which I'm a little saddened by. But I will. You gotta it's, drive. You should do it. I love some pot. Well, I'm not gonna hey, do, do it while he's in the room. That's so not awkward. Not awkward at all. Hey, so hey, hey, spoiler. You get some shout outs. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard it yet, but I will. Some of the stuff we're discussing right now has been discussed. Oh yeah. On oh, the harsh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, go listen to harsh truths for the David's accurate and better memory version of it. Then, uh, yeah. And uh, it's cool that David picked this CD because uh, it's like one that I own and one that makes a lot of sense for him. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh. The Connellys haven't told us a single what? thing they listen to aside from the Harsh Truths episode with yes. David. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely give that. Um, we've been in a really cool zone. We've just we've we've had a chance to to listen to a lot of stuff. Um, Probably one of the most exciting things is something that Tara found uh, uh, about a week ago. Well, yeah, when we were doing She Retina, uh, I was just kind of like cruising online trying to like see if I there were any juicy tidbits we needed to discuss. Ooh, tidbits. And there was a there was a picture disc um, collab with Obe. Uh, and she wrote in a stimulant, so we got it. Yeah, and it's I, called video field recording. Video field recording. Yeah. I had never heard of it. Tara's like. What is oh, this? Like, this? What is this? Have uh, uh, you ever heard of this? I'm like, no. Let's let's grab it. We grabbed it. It. We it's listened. So we good. literally listened to it three times last night. Well, we just kept <laughs> flipping it. It is so good. It's a picture disc. It's my new. It's favorite. put out. I think it's a sub label of Aunt Zen. But it's those. It's like that Ob style. There's a couple picture discs of Ob that look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that look similar. There's a there's a seven inch on. Um, I think Pinch Loaf that has a very similar design. And it's it's using like it's she read a stimulants like did some like video recordings of like a suburb in like Milan and then like Obe is using that to do like this using oh, that as the cool. so, and, yeah vi- video field recording which w- one of those examples were what an amazing title and it is a it's literal. what it is yeah, yeah and it's, cool. it's like sometimes the, doesn't work sometimes it works this time it, it works and it's a push and pull of like organic and inorganic sound uh it's just we just really, really this nice. record it's I'm so we'll one. bring it's, it over I mean, we could do one. like a 12 inch sunday yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> i mean it's a full it's full <laughs> lp length i mean i think it's yeah. you know about 20 sides and and it's one of those things where you know we flipped it it ended. It's kind of like, what should we listen to next? Like, I kind of just want to listen to that again. <laughs> did it? Did it? And then it was kind of like, what should we listen to next? Not I kind of just want to listen to it again. It is one of our most well, exciting discoveries. We in the were past talking weeks. over it a lot of it, being well, like, obviously. I didn't think it'd be this good. This is really good. Do you hear that part? What do you think they're doing? It's, so we talked over it the first it, two times. It's, it, it's really incredible. <laughs> While I'm thinking about it, I, I just remember something we listened to today that isn't quite in the zone, but it's weird and. uh it ties to something else that I have been listening to recently in the car that I forgot about. Uh, the, I got the new uh, Corporate Park Bo Wanzer uh, LP on Lies, Long Island Electrical System. Oh, Systems. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, we listened to it twice today, just like while waiting for you guys to come over and kind of getting up and doing stuff. Uh, really good, abstract, industrial techno. Corporate Park, you know, industrial duo, uh, Jonah and Shane from, uh, from, well, from Texas originally. And I believe that's where they started. And now I think... One of them is living outside of Texas, but uh, corporate park stuff is awesome. Bo Wanzer stuff also, of course, uh, great, weird, abstract stuff. And also lies. I mean, lies. What a great like, Ron Morelli. We've actually had some a, lot, a bunch of Ron Morelli discussions uh, recently. Shout yeah. out to Ron. Yeah, what's up, Ron? Hey, Ron. Uh, uh, and I, uh, I've been listening to his, I can't remember if I mentioned this in an episode or not, but his uh, A Gathering Together on Hospital. It is <sighs> such an amazing album. And it's, uh, maybe if I've said this, pardon me, but I feel like it... Uh, it's one of those records that people might think, oh, Lies, it's going to be like weird lo-fi techno, whatever, some kind of thing uh, that you might think Lies does, or at least, you know, uh, mm-hmm. 
lot of a lot of kind of rhythmic music on that label. There's maybe two songs with what I would call anything near a, a rhythm or a drum machine. The rest of it is just like insane field recording, atmospheric, weird noise. I love that record. It pull, every time I put it on, it pulls me right in. Uh, so highest recommendation. It's on Hospital. There's a CD yep. and an LP. Grab it. Uh, it's so good. Love the cover art. Uh, love the record. It's such a weird thing that I feel like is I don't hear enough uh, noise people talk about. Maybe because of some other perception of it. Um, but it's it's just really good. No, Ron's great. Yeah. We, we've seen him do uh, you know more, you know more DJ techno yes. sets, but we've also seen him. We also got to see him do like a live set, which was more like Amazing, the, the record. Yeah. Oh, killer! And it was yeah, it was awesome. But I do like what the guy in Italy said before he went on. He goes, "I can't wait to see Ron Morelli." He goes, "Ron Morelli could make the wallpaper dance." Dude. <laughs> that was so good. Totally. I was like, "Oh, that's the best recommendation ever!" <laughs> I was yeah. so happy. Sorry well, to interrupt. No, no, no. Well, and hey, speaking of Italy. Uh, we've been in a big Italian zone, uh, namely a zone um, with Murder Corporation. Mm-hmm. We've been mm-hmm. listening to a ton of Murder Corporation. Maybe a little Colonel. Hey, Gray, maybe we should do an episode uh, about Murder Corporation. Oh, that's a great idea, Mike. Let's do an episode. I'm just coming idea. up with that idea right now. Oh. I'm hearing it for the first time. <laughs> There's absolutely no way we had but discussed this. Murder Corporation, what... Sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing project. You know, again, you know, the Italians, there is just something, there's something very distinct about a lot of the Italian projects. They're this, horny and they're death obsessed. And, and somehow yeah, it works and, awesome. And sonically, there's like... You know, I, I don't know. There's this, there's something sonically and, you know, we'll, maybe we'll get it. it hey, if we decided to do a murder corporation, oh, episode, maybe we'll idea. discuss it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what, what we could do to discuss. We'll figure yeah, that we'll out. We'll think about it. Yeah. Um, but specifically the one that really blew us away this week is One Life by Murder. Oh, oh how weird insane title. It? It's so, what a, every time you put it on, it'd be like, Oh my God. It it's gets better every time. Like every you time notice different things. It's, it's wild. I love that title. Uh, One life by murder. We were, we were talking about that title before we came over. Just like <laughs> that. Th- jealous we are of that title. Or, 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 and also just that thing of like, it's, it's twisted it's, just enough to be interesting. It's yeah, yeah. it's one life by yeah. murder. It's such a it's such a strange wording that I love it. It's about Andre. It's about Andre Chikatilo. That's Ooh, the theme yeah. of it. Chikatilo. It is so. Every time, yeah. Every time you I listen do to find it, you him hear scary. something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he you, was one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, favorite killers. Yeah. Like when I, you know, when I was younger. And yeah, I, and I had understandable. Serial killers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was younger, like yesterday, <laughs> when I had famous serial killers. <laughs> like, um, great, book, uh, great book about uh, him and trying to capture him hunting the devil. Yes. And, and and a great yeah. song on why on one life by murder, the hunt. Uh, and, and again, <laughs> and Citizen X, uh, great fun movie, movie with uh, Donald Sutherland in it about. Uh, Sort of how Russia had to figure out, had to believe that they had a serial killer, and then had to figure out how to get it. It's a, it's a fun movie. Isn't there one with uh, Rodney McDowell playing him? Oh, I don't know about this, but that sounds. I want to see it if there is. That sounds fun. I'm sure. I I believe you. I actually don't know. I believe you. Um, (laughs) I believe you, David. Um, (laughs) I believe you too. It it could just be a dream I had. Yeah, (laughs) a great dream. Um, Wish it were Roddy Piper. <laughs> RIP. Um, but mm-hmm. but as Tara said, every time we listen to it, there's something new revealed in it. It's very minimal. It's very abstract and there's atmospheric. So much space. It's dreamlike. Uh, it's really uh, yeah. It, it, really it just really incredible. Get you right in the brain. Uh, a couple other things we listen to that I gotta I gotta assume the two people sitting with us are also are are also fans of. 
um, Yen Pak's new Dark Age album. Classic. And of, of course, oh. mm-hmm. of course, you know the tremendous pa- record. Yeah, the Patreon uh, that we did of, of the Drone Seven Inch got us in a Yen Pak zone. Did you ever? I mean, Indiana. I mean, you're Ohio. Did you? You never met? No. Yeah, no. I, I don't. I don't know anyone really who like has met them. No, like I said, yeah. I saw a blood blo- blood box play, but that's about the extent of right. it. But and New then, York, and then Kennedy was doing some Hollow Earth, Hollow Earth, oh, yeah. Hollow Earth, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what an incredible record, right? Oh, I've I've listened to that record so much, yeah. And I, I was thinking about that as a choice when I saw the, <laughs> oh, the seven awesome. inch. Oh, yeah. oh wow! <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, well, I'm glad we stuck with that. I'm glad, glad you but, chose but, what but you I did. It was really that good. would have made total sense if you would have picked that. So I'm malignant records. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, a label at, that was my gateway to all things dark and miserable in the in the late '90s. I think probably for you as well, right? You right. Were checking them, Tumorless Days, and just it's I, such a good honestly. Record. I think yeah, there were the Tumorless, and then it was the Noise Board 433. Yeah, and then it was the Tronics Board. Yeah, seemed mm-hmm. to be the, the evolution. Later, of, the Tronics contradicts on board. Or, yes, the Tronics. <laughs> Some Tara and I somehow just weren't on any of them, so uh, we, we just had heard secondhand from everybody about uh, we yeah we people. <laughs> give us the update though like we would get the update and i'd be like should we go on the board you're like no no um but uh, <laughs> but yeah Pox new dark age obviously huge recommendation and then uh, for we, we've been listening to a ton of stuff but the last thing i'll the last thing i'll say is a absolutely legendary 90s comp uh oh yeah a, another one we we put we just kind of let we let it mm-hmm. go twice because it was just like we just got to hear this again Exploration one, I would, I uh, yeah, I mean, body and blood exploration, yeah, dude. I mean, and again, this this partly stemmed from the the uh, seven inch episode, the 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 most recent uh, seven inch episode. The, well, it's got she written, it's got Eagle of Thor, it's got bloody minded, yep. it's got genocide. Everybody. Order, and I believe an end to failures on there. Is is bad sector on it or something? No, um, it's uh, but MSBR is, oh, which MSBR is so great. cool. Yeah. But that's the thing is what I what I really love about that comp is it is it's it's a lot of the Italian guys. It's it's a lot of the Euro kind of industrial P, but then you got MSVR in there, and you got Orfix in there, oh, yeah. and you Orfix got Bloody, Bloody Minded and Slogan. Well, Toronto, right? So they were yes. it was within the proximity, and then you yeah. got Slogan and Bloody. It, it's so just it's a great those... medley of people. Yes, Lots of different and styles and approaches. Right. It's, it's so it, good. It's a perfect comp. I, yeah, back back in the the early nineties, I I don't think there was the the demarcation of various noise mm-hmm. things. Yes. Right? There wasn't enough people doing it. So you would have MSBR on something or, or ALB. Yeah. And it would just, and genocide organ, and it wouldn't be a PE comp or a harsh noise yeah. comp. It was just, these are the people doing stuff in the scene and we'll just have them. And you, you know, like those release comps, and not necessarily yeah. bound everything. by regionalism. Yeah, right. yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah. And I think I think that's something I would actually probably, as you're saying that, I think that's something probably all four of us, you know, do have in common is, you know, we we love that. We love the the kind of variation. Yeah, the variation. Just everyone's unique take on something, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be. You know, this is death industrial. This is power electronics. This is harsh noise. This is ambient. It can be all kind of mixed together because it's just an interesting unique take on abstract sound i, I like both i like you know because sometimes you yeah, want to so, put on death odors and no, just no, no. like soak in it and, and you're totally <laughs> right, right. right and you're totally right there is something to be said for for specific yeah. and i and we do like that too well, there's there's like also, uh uh what is it called parasite uh comp on ant zen and it's got like contagious orgasm mm-hmm. and pal and like it's got like some of the techno rhythmic noise stuff and also alb and and contagious orgasm yeah. on it and it's like wow that's a that's a killer idea for a comp because you're getting 
the different sides of this thing, especially like David yeah. was saying, you know, it wasn't the lines, the battle lines weren't really drawn and yeah. you're not, you were into all this stuff. I mean, well, yeah. a lot you of know, us are still into all this stuff, but right. it seems you don't to have be the, like harsh noise walls, purists. Right. Well, really listen to you know, this, or, this makes me think of something when, when I was listening to harsh truths, when you were on it, David, I had this like thought because you kind of grew up in a more rural situation. I'm from Kentucky and South Carolina and, and you know, more okay. like insulated areas. And so like, I think that finding experimental music made us feel connected to something strange and you would kind of keep pulling at the thread and you would find it. And like, you would take it in any, any space you could find it, like be it metal or be it something that didn't have a beat. And you would just like find that thing that you thought was weird and just try to keep following it. And I think that's kind of why we all love these different genres and styles because we're just like, Oh, I feel connected to oddness and strange and experimentation and art. Originality. Yeah. Uniqueness. Yeah. There, I, I, I was mentioning in the harsh truth podcast about when I first moved to Columbus and was just going to whatever hardcore shows, industrial yeah. shows, going out to goth clubs and just enjoying it and not, not feeling that I had to become a certain person or, you know, I, didn't have to become hardcore guy. I didn't mm-hmm. have to become the goth person. I just was me enjoying everything and soaking it all in and, and just exploring and, and wanting these experiences that I could not get remotely in Shelby at that time mm-hmm. or even in the area. You know, pre-internet, there's nothing that I could access to find this. Yeah, you gotta like excite the brain, you know, like give it right. like a good like shock and just be like, oh my god, what is that? I have no understanding or reference for that. Right. And when you finally <laughs> finally met people, you know, there's a lot uh, less social media back back then or or none, mm-hmm. right? None. Um, and when you finally met someone, you know, from a mailing list or something who you had similar musical taste with, like I met David and we just talked about music and started trading stuff, and immediately it was like, oh, someone else likes these same things and we all got exposed to him from the same way. Like I think at that show we met at maybe, or, or shortly before I got like a, what was it? A conception, the dark evolution of electronics on uh AVA ES one, maybe um, and lunar blood rituals, those comps that had, had come out that uh, I think John Dixon and Petrus had a hand in. Yes. Um, and those also like, I, th- I think we've talked about doing one of them because it's got like, yeah, Attracts Morgue and Mertzbau. And yeah. we're like, and it's like, <laughs> so that's, crazy. Yeah. that's yeah. it's, I liked all this stuff and I still like all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So actually I will, um, I, I do have to actually interject one last recent listening that well, please. I, oh. that, uh, because it pertains to our guest today and it pertains <laughs> to someone we've been discussing throughout this, uh, throughout this podcast so far. And that would be the, uh, the liminal presence CD. That is in Venomous and Murderous Division. Oh, Thank yeah. It For is. Me. That was so good. It is just it great, really, death, really. dark, mm. ambient. It, again, sometimes it is it just when you want that thing, this is what you want, you know, and, and it's just it, the vibe hit play. The vibe is set from the first second and it continues on throughout the whole CD. How did you guys uh, come up with that or just just kind of? Um, the, the yeah, concept. just the concept or just the whole thing, because because it's a split and a collab, and so it's it's kind of, but it also kind of feels like one thought in a in a in a good oh, way. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we just discussed this in the car right? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you know the answer. Okay. I tried to not talk too much about this stuff, but we we did actually just well, discuss, we did funny. discuss it. <laughs> Repeat Steve, yourself. <laughs> Stephen approached me and said, uh, "It'd be cool if we did a split, being on Ohio and." 
dark, you know, the death industrial dark ambient side of things. And we had been talking about doing a, a collab and it, it, it evolved where it was, let's not do it as a split split. Let's have the tracks flow from one to the other. And it ended up being how it was. And we thought that the collab tracks would be a great bookend for, for both and arranged it in, in that. So it would be like one thing. It wouldn't be, you can listen to me, you can listen to Steve, or you can, or you can listen to the collabs. It's arranged in such a way that you get everything, all of us, and waited until all the tracks were done. And we were sending tracks back and forth to, you know, inspire. Right, yeah, right, totally. Like, oh, I have got, I've got this track, and I'm, oh, I think what I've recorded would sound great. Was, so it was so it was almost a collaborative effort in that kind of way. Even even if it wasn't a collab, one of the collaborative tracks, you guys were kind of here's what I got. Oh, okay, that'll give me a good idea to do this, and you kind of kept yeah, working you had a that back way. and forth. Yeah, it wasn't. Here's my four tracks, and then he sends me his four tracks. Right, that's cool. Oh. That's a really cool way to work on a project. Oh, thanks. Yeah, they weren't glommed together. Oh, here you go. Like, if, if we let it evolve, and it seemed to be taking on a life of its own with the way it sounded. So we came up with the titles and they kind of, well, we think that they make it more cohesive. It's kind of, you know, like maybe a narrative thing there, like dream state. And then the, the cover agree. art is. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. And, yeah. and totally, that's when we were looking at the titles, we had the actually the same reaction. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, there's. I can, there's a thing going with these titles and the mm-hmm. way they're organized and everything. So yeah. really, really great record. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, CD. Uh, of course, we're all in love with CDs Big these days. So. Oh, speaking <laughs> of CDs. You know what CD I love? Whoa. <laughs> is Lowell's Cold Summer. Dude. This Can I what? get the assist on that segue? Can assist? I get one assist? You get the assist yeah. on the segue? Great, great segue. <laughs> hey, now. Uh David brought over a UK pressing on Centrax from 94. This thing has like six pressings, most of which are from 94 and 95, which is crazy to think like, right. oh, we had to make four versions of this oh, CD. I, I love it. <laughs> I know. But it might have made sense because like on the back it says MJ Harris, which I, did we mentioned it's. I mean, it's Mick Harris, it's Mick of, Harris. of Napalm Death, of Scorn, and this is his. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute void ambient yeah. dark uh project low and and yeah. that's it's it's crazy this is from 1994 uh it was recorded in 94 uh across five days it's super dark ambient the cd is 79 minutes long uh the cover is of some uh bacteria mold rock formation uh whatever what like it's just like an up close photo of mars or some shit yeah, it looks like tell. mars i thought too yeah that's you were thinking well, yeah, but this it could also just photo. be a rock. There's you know? another, well, I think that's the cover, though. That's the cover. I, I think just that's the cover. There's an alternate cover. The The version that I had, uh, which I, of course, can't seem to find. Anytime uh-huh. we do an episode of Misplaced, uh, was on Subharmonic, uh, <laughs> which did a lot of, like, Bill Laswell stuff. I think they, did they do the Painkiller stuff back in the day, yeah. or is that a different label? 
Eric did some painkiller oh, stuff. Oh, Eric did the painkiller stuff, yeah. Also, he was in painkiller with John Zorn and Bill Laswell and sometimes Yamatsuka Ai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, painkiller's execution ground is... I'm not a big saxophone fan, but that record is drums, bass, and saxophone, and it is absolutely amazing and there's a it's a double cd and there's a dub version as the second cd and it just oh, rules dub version so good dub version so good i listen to that more than the regular yeah, version yeah. Put and, it you, on and you and said that you said kind of that some some of that stuff was an early in you know kind of early shot for for you right like the zorn stuff and the yes yeah, definitely yeah. and i probably seeing zorn on something I'll get that, and then seeing who else was involved. You, yeah, you started spacing started, started, out that way. Yeah, oh, like looking into it. Uh, this this CD, uh, the the version I found was probably at a Borders outlet. They used to have all the subharmonics when they were discontinued. Totally, yes. it would be three dollars. So like all these CDs in this <laughs> so vein, good. I got for yeah. like three bucks, and they all wow. ruled. And this one is a spe- you know was right up my alley. It's it's eighty minutes of dark ambient. Yeah. Uh, across four four tracks and uh it's i have a lot of questions about this this album oh, yeah? listening to it uh and having i haven't listened to it in a while i know you said you you popped it out and- we we've we've been listening to that's we have, also yes. in our recent listening we've been listening to this album a lot leading up to the episode sometimes i like to listen to the hell totally. or we already have been and then we decide to do an episode and totally. sometimes i like to keep it blind and just have my yes. impressions of what it is while we listen to it so yeah uh, it really varies by release. This is something I heard enough times where I'm like, I'm going to let it, I'm just going to hear it again for the first time mm-hmm. in years. Yeah. Cause again, I can't find my CD. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, from the opening seconds and from yeah. the, the song titles and from the track durations, I'm curious about what equipment was used. I'm curious about what it was recorded to. I have a suspicion. Uh, and oh. I am, I'm really, I wish I could have a, a video of him recording this. You know, he posts on Twitter. He'll show videos of him like jamming in his, in his studio and stuff mm-hmm. now. Uh, and it's cool to see like him in process, you know, in working on stuff. Mick Harris has been making music for how damn long now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I just like, I like to see people in their studio. I like to see how people work on things. Cause we all have different, different workflows. Give, give two of us the same gear. It's going to sound different. It's going to be Absolutely. different. So, um, yeah, this is such a cool, cool record. And this is the UK pressing. It looks really classy it sounds just as great as i remember i mean it's absolute empty nothingness void what uh what led you to pick this one david this is my favorite long out of his stuff i'm i i'm i'm a big fan of all his work but this one is the pinnacle to me it's so dark it has such a stately pace you put it on I don't want to use the word immersive because that's become a buzzword. I'd rather not use the word immersive, but it's so fitting. <laughs> but here. we're using yeah, it. Yeah. But we're going to use it. And I know it's an, an art buzzword now that the immersive experience. Right. But you put it's, on walls. It's a submerged experience. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A submersive we'll experience. Yeah, 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 definitely is, though. Um, well, I was reading lots of interviews, of course, and so there was a great interview in 2006, and um, Mick says that Lull was inspired by his love of soundtracks uh, and by the lo- by the discovery of Brian Eno and how they create space, atmosphere, and mood. Which totally makes sense. It's a... Uh... There's also a term that was thrown around, I guess, maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s a bit, which is uh, isolationist. 
music in this was oh, also very yeah. much that to me. Even the titles, Slow Fall Inward, Lonely Shelter, Long Way Home, and Lost Sanctum, all the tracks themselves uh, give sort of a uh, an isolated, yeah. uh, alone, wandering, trying to find shelter, trying to find something within yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, searching in the darkness uh, feel to them and it's it's very much isolationist. Yeah, like being alone in nature walking with your, not talking Lonely Shelter was very yeah. much like yeah, listening to the sound of your own body and what's going on mm-hmm. outside of the tree hut you built Dude, <laughs> no, I, I, I think we're all very much in the same zone, I had very similar feelings, I mean the first track does feel like some strange abstract jungle, cause there's these weird like Sounds that come in that almost feel like nature. I leave. I put, I put yes. uh, leaves. Leaves rattle. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. It and, has and I that. tried to approach it as a soundtrack because you know he did say this was so heavily inspired by the idea of a soundtrack. So yes. like that's you know I just wanted to listen to it like that. But he does. Uh, Mick is a fisherman. It's very. He oh, likes oh, to be in right. nature. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Out so, on the boat. Yeah. He well yeah. he goes to to rivers <laughs> yeah. and uh, does fishing. And I did read in a decibel interview that his favorite fish to catch and fish for is the barbel, which we don't really have in North America. It's like it's kind of like a catfish, like barbels with those things on the side, a little cute catfish mouth, like the whiskers. Okay. Um, and catfish whiskers. Yeah, well, but, you can almost... but a barbel's not a catfish. I spent a lot of time looking but, at that. But, but, <laughs> but you can almost think of like maybe yeah. him at four in the morning when it's dark, yes. sitting alone on a boat, and this is kind yeah. of... I was picturing him on the side of the river, getting stuck in a rainstorm, can't well, go home, you well, have to go of, to a hut. <laughs> out of anything that it kind of... Another project that it maybe made me think of was actually a, a current project. And it, it, it reminded me, there was moments that reminded me of like Rainforest Spiritual Enslavement where yeah, kind of that absolutely. similar thing where it's like these, na- it feels like you're in nature, mm-hmm. but it's it's like not, but you're not. You actually, I mean? some of those sounds uh, on this and uh, the second track, actually all, all of them kind of, but some of them have more bell-like and some of them have more of these mm-hmm. uh, sort of insect or bird call sort of delayed. Yeah. They're the little melodic harmonic sounds. And uh, it's, it's really... It's really strange because it's it is very soundtracky. It feels mm-hmm. very dramatic. It's very cinematic music. Uh, but you're talking about 24 and 16 minute pieces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So again, so a soundtrack so that shit's a minute and a half they use in a yeah. soundtrack, and you get this little mm-hmm. sting, and you get this. There's some maybe some weird string swelling on here uh, in the first track. There's these low frequency shifts and these sort of this sort of slightly rhythmic element, but it's not on time. It's mm-hmm. like whenever it felt like swelling, it swells. And that was part of the goal for this too, right? was for him to uh, sort of eschew any rhythm and structure yes. to the pieces. Now uh, we'll talk about it now. Cause it's in my damn head. This was recorded on a four track, right? It sounds like there's four tracks. It's, the track lines that way. If, I imagined it was a four track as you know, well. A four track, if you those of you who don't use a four track, you put a ninety minute tape in uh, that is you get one side of it because it uses all four tracks and it records at double the speed of normal playback. So a ninety two minute cassette would give you like a twenty three, twenty four minute track, especially if you bring the pitch down a little bit on mix down. And a sixty minute cassette would give you a fifteen, sixteen minute track, and that's the lengths of these tracks are you know. They're paired like it would be two 90 minute tapes and two 60 minute tapes would be my guess or around there for the masters of these tapes. There's some sort of low groaning hiss on some mm-hmm. of the tracks that might be some tape hiss. Some of the stuff sounds slowed down and a little bit muted, but not enough. So maybe he recorded it with the tape speed up and then brought it back down when layering another track over. Get some of those nice basses. What I don't really hear or feel on this thing is a synthesizer. I am like 
he in <laughs> in the interview he said he hardly used them. The, I, I the, don't hear wow. it. It's they, awesome. He used them very sparingly. It was mostly field recorded sounds. Okay, I I really was like I I hear a little bit of of like maybe a string synth or maybe like a synthesized sound, but it is. This is not synthesizer or dark ambient. I, I do, this is, this is Sherlock Holger yeah. recording <laughs> sleuth speaking right now. But, but the, the, well, because this, this is so segment. rich and the tones are so great. And the tracks, while they all sound the same in, in mm-hmm. that they fit together perfectly on a CD, yeah. they also all sound different and have complete distinct characteristics to them and different sounds in them. One definitely feels more dense and layered. One's a lot more spacious mm-hmm. and empty. One's got sort of a, a constant amount of tension to it. Like, yeah. Have different feels, and I'm. I just. I'm trying to picture. He recorded this over five damn days, uh, and I'm. I'm trying to, because nothing is a uh, time synced. You know, he's a drummer. Rhythm is like the the thing. Are right? you when you think of Mick Harris? I mean, you probably think drummer and scorn. Of course, is yes. And he says he never heavy. uses click tracks though, and then he likes that they're organic and it won't line up. Like if you tried to click track him, it, it's not going to work. None of these sounds yeah, line no, up, but they, they go together yeah. perfectly. So I like that idea of like. Normally what I do is is rhythmic and I'm going to just f- ignore that and just do just impulse instinct mm-hmm. uh, and and accident or or uh, letting the gear deal with it. like I'm going to record this a little too fast and pitch it down or I'm going to do this or this or that to get these sounds. But- I love it. He has this feeling of time, though, being a drummer. <gasps> he so, certainly has a great so, sense of pace. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel that he knows when to bring the sample back in the loop back in yeah. and it comes and goes and and it's not four, four beat or whatever, but he definitely has a sense of time and is using that to keep the track cohesive, especially when there's all these loops shifting, coming in, going, I feel that he's like, okay, here, can I say and that? Then, I, and then a pause and then here. And he can just feel that there's that time between them. I didn't, I don't feel like this is very loop heavy music though. There's sounds, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't feel like they're in the, in the second track I wrote that there's a, there's a, um, a beautiful low loop. Well, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that he has the, the sample or whatever. A tape, maybe a tape. And then, it's 94. So it's like, and there's more samples, there's, but it's right. not. Yeah, I don't know what gear he used. He says he has a sampler. Mick, tell us, tell us what gear he used. <laughs> and, and, and I'm curious as to what one it is, but he could have it set up where there's the sound and then silence. And, of course, or he could be triggering them whenever triggering he feels, it, like, feels it. like it. And, but even the sounds don't feel like they're re- repetitive in that way. You know what I mean? Like they right. don't. The uh, there's like there's like things that you hear. There's like. Um, moments or or like colors that you hear, but they're not necessarily. Sure. Yes. They're not this. Yes, it's like hearing yeah. a bird call. You're hearing the same bird, but it's different each time you hear it. It's not mechanical. It's more organic. Yeah, yes. it feels very. But it doesn't could just, feel like. I a did read an interview it. about his method Too of composing, much. and he said, uh, "You know, they said, how would you describe your method of composing?" And he said, "Very basic and minimal, but honest. I have nothing to hide. You can hear that in the end result." Hell That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, perfect. absolutely. That yeah. is one thing with these tracks. And, and like I said, they're, they're isolationist, but they are also laid bare. The elements are here. Like I said, I hear probably a four track. I, I could be entirely mm-hmm. wrong, but I hear yay many elements or maybe a couple more. You know, maybe he's bouncing some stuff down, but it feels very four tracky to me. 
I would think at that at that period in time, if you had some kind of, I don't know if this is his home studio, but there wasn't that many options. Yeah, you I would mean, you would go and you, well, I can get this Tascam like four six four. Yeah, and, he could he could have an eight track too. He could you know, or he could have gone into a studio. It's sort of like it's not like he didn't have access to stuff. Again, MJ Harris appears courtesy of Earache Records. Like, yes, <laughs> guy was in a pretty well known band, and it's he has a name, you know. Uh, right. So, and probably plenty of friends with with studios or whatever. But it's for some reason this feels. I guess it feels personal, like four track recordings feel like Springsteen, Mm -hmm. Nebraska or something, right? Like it doesn't, it's not a, it doesn't feel like a studio record. It It feels feels like like, he had a hand in it. Like definitely like to compose this. Like only hand. Yeah. He was the only hand hand in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, but it's, it's not really cluttered. There's not at all. There's Mm -hmm. such a nice sense of space and there's so much room that you can hear all the, the, aspects going on it's it's not like today when you have 48 tracks and then you feel the need to fill up 24 of them with <laughs> it, sound. It, it feels like you there's got one yeah. or two sounds yes. and just like these yeah. sound good i'm like, gonna let these ride yeah like this is what i wrote it's uh rain in the gray summer filling up your pond sitting alone without speaking and s- under gray skies yes i mean like, that's that's this record yeah what track what track did you were did slow you, fall inward oh first, the first, first track yeah, yeah it's yeah. absolutely the first track i mean i think yeah like like you can picture that like sickly barely warm summer sun like the cold summer where it's just like it's gray outside and you're like walking around by yourself like maybe there's going to be a weather event soon but somehow it's still kind of like is too bright and hurts your eyes like the clouds are bright and gray at the same time like that's totally this track I, I a feel weather like, event I, yeah i feel <laughs> it being aquatic that that underlying tone being the the ripples and the the waves gently rocking whatever you're on boat log and you're going yeah. down yeah, going like down the river throb. and you're, you're watching and yeah. stuff coming and going and there's things under the surface and you can look down and and see shapes moving under you know fish moving around barbels barbels cracking <laughs> I wouldn't well, even I, it's this music has a um I don't want to say uh, psychedelic but it is hallucinatory too it really brings yeah. you to where it is it yeah takes, you're definitely taken somewhere yeah. and he brings you into this world and that's the length of the tracks really help pulling you in and yeah. keeping you there it's not here's five minutes and then done you're you're just sucked into this world we're in a dunk tank Bank. and though we're <laughs> sitting on a couch together in my living room listening to this record i felt alone and yeah, totally. That's, yeah. that's one of the really cool things that this music can do is like it's I can't even imagine seeing something like this live. I would need to be seated. I would need to be comfortable. I would need to be relaxed because you're standing there with a bunch of other mm. people talking and clinking drinks. It's not going to be the the same thing, but it's really hard uh, to pull that off live. I, honestly, when you see something along this, it's you have to be in the zone and a friendly crowd a too. friendly cl- yeah. crowd. It. it yeah, when somebody says something or is like, play louder or something stupid, and like, ah, what are you doing? You know, and it, it's so much easier to have a really energetic, really energetic, extroverted, extroverted, thank you, gregarious, gregarious <laughs> yeah. show when people are pumped up and you're, you know, fists are raised and, and like probably what happened at, happens at that punk club almost oh, every yeah. night. <laughs> and, just, and 
having to go into a more introverted, isolated, calm zone and be able to keep the crowd in in that zone. I I think it's much harder just because of the the atmosphere you're in and you, you want you want to have some kind of revelry and I don't I don't think that's always the case. How do you make people feel well, like introverted in a social situation? Right. You're you're, <laughs> yeah, you're like, drinking, you're surrounded yeah. by people and especially if you're if you have, you know, I I, I don't know if he's ever played live. As well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But but I think but I think also to me that's why music like this or or something like maybe like Kevin Drum's Imperial Distortion or oh. Imperial Horizon, it's extreme music. Like like yeah. like right. like I you know the, the, of course the word extreme you think you know venereology and and Masana Intermind Mystique and but but this is extreme too. This is this is extreme. I mean, it is eighty minutes of so minimal that yeah, again it. it it, it, it's a different kind of extreme. And like, I would love to see, I've always said, you know, we, we, we've gotten to see Kevin drum a few times mm-hmm. and every time it's amazing and it's, and it's, you know, it's, but it's generally his harsh, you know, it's yeah. his noise sets. I would love him to see, to see him do something like Imperial distortion, but at the same volume. So it's yeah, like, right. so yes. it's like, so it's overwhelming. Deafening and, and it, quietude. Deafening <laughs> quietude. I would love to see something like that. I would love to see something like this live, like, right. like that. There's yeah. a, uh, the piece of gear right over here that was actually used on Imperial Distortion. Oh, really? <laughs> that blue oh. box. Yeah, you can see Ooh. it in the photo. Ooh. I always right look at that blue box. <laughs> yeah. What is a, that? It's a Bradley Telecom jitter and hit synthesizer. Wow. I don't know why that the, is. It looks if you look fun. at the ba- the photo of Imperial Distortion where it's got like Kevin's room with yes, the, the DSIs, of course. It's a, you can see that box in it. Like, I got that from Kevin years I, ago. I think a lot of times, too. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, it's, it's the funny same one. It's the same one. Oh, my God. Shut up. That's so cool. I was going to say, I think a lot of times, too. It's almost better to be in an isolated setting listening to this. It's, it's true. You you want it. I, I feel that way about a lot of black metal too. I'm like, totally. yes, I yes. would not want to see this live. I want to just zone out in my room and with this. Oh, I, I, think I, don't, I don't want to see them playing. I don't want to see who's doing it. Yeah. I, I think that would like ruin some of it. For I think me. it's one of the hardest things yeah, to pull off. Yeah, you need off. a lonely right. misanthropy. When, when it's like, pulled off, yeah. it's 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 magical and we've seen some absolutely magical black metal shows. Yeah. But, but you're right. I think that there is something when it's one of the hardest things to set the same atmosphere that you get to set when you're in your home listening to it. And I, and I agree. I think, I do think even, even the four of us listening to this together, it is strange. It would be something more that we would probably listen to by ourselves or just me and Sarah by ourselves. Like we've been doing all week. So when mm-hmm. you do listen to this in a group, it is different. There is something different. But about you know, it. it's funny, like rarely this happens, but I, we work in different rooms at many times. Like we're generally sitting together in the same couch. Yeah, I think we like, just wanted to thing. be alone. Yeah. So like I would go in the kitchen and I was working on special projects and then you were in the living room. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, because it sets that yeah. atmosphere. It's like just go do your yeah. go do your thing. Not easy in a one bedroom apartment to go find <laughs> some privacy. Can we uh, can we talk about something real quick? What's oh. that? How damn good this band name is for the sounds he's making. Well, uh, it's it's again, it's perfect. It's right. it's, yeah. it's it's a perfect name, and it and again, lulls you in. It's, yes, mm-hmm. it's a it describes a lull, something slow moving and and uh, you know glacial, gigantic uh, sort of. Uh, time lapse uh, and it also kind of pulls you in and makes you it lulls you draws you into its vibe and lulling into sleep it's just a it's a it's such a 
damn perfect name yes. for a project that could make a record like this. And I, I, I just love it because it really, it tells you everything you need to know in one little single syllable, four letter word. Yep. Oh, and his first release is lull. Something about dreams. What dreamt about dreaming. Yes. Yeah. Dreamt about dreaming. Dreamt about, and that's perfect. And then I, I like this quote. I, I was watching interviews and he said, um, there's always big empty spaces in dreams. And that's like what inspired his sound. And I'm like, I love that idea. Like, and that's all he said. They're like, oh, what, do you think about dreaming? Does that inspire you? And he just says, there's always big empty spaces in dreams. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> like so succinct and perfect. Um, I got the feeling on slow fall inward of someone walking across my grave. That was definitely like a, oh. a, a vibe I was feeling on that one. I don't you know why it wasn't raised. even like yeah. in a doomy way, but it definitely gave mm-hmm. me a little bit of the, the chills. And uh, and then we went to Lonely Shelter. So it's it's because actually I think you kind of mentioned it already about this track, but I think we kind of have a, had a similar feeling. For me, this track was I was in an I was I think you might have said uh, what did you say Treehouse maybe yeah. or I, but I, yes I was in a, a a room by myself with no windows and no way to see out. But these mm-hmm. were the sounds that were happening outside of my enclosure. Yeah, I had caverns and corridors. Yeah, definitely inside and and. It goes with the first track, but it's separate. It yes. has its definite mm-hmm. feel, a definite tone that separates it from all the other tracks. Just four words on my note sheet: cellar stairs. What's outside? Yeah, because it, it's like you're not, it's like you're hearing the things that you can't. I heard see. of a barricading oh, yeah. against something. You found yeah. you found some safety and you pulled yourself down inside of it underground, subterranean, mm-hmm. the cellar, uh, catacombs, a tree. You know, inside the roots of a giant tree and cover yourself with branches, and then. You're just, it's very horror movie, uh, not in a cliche way, not whatever, but Absolutely. Uh, but it's very like I'm inside this thing and I'm waiting for the the horror to leave or I'm wondering what's happening out there, but I'm safe in here. So I'm going to stay in here. And the, the track title perfectly fits that. It wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it in that way, but it really just, it, it, it lulled me right yeah. in. Yeah, it's absolutely. ominous. Take a yeah, shot every time we say lull <laughs> this, uh, this episode. <laughs> One, no, it's fun. One of the things I, I, I really like about what he does is every track, there's something melodic going on. Yes. There's these bells, mm-hmm. these bells. slow muted bells on this one, and they sort of crystallize. Yeah. I really liked and, and, it. And I even thought it sounded like wood on the second track, like like wooden bells. Oh, I heard I heard uh, metal. There's some metal on metal sound in this one to me, too. That's sort of the millstone, the grinding, sort of a just slow movement of metal plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was feeling that it was a continuation of the work he had been doing on Journey Through the Underworlds, but more dense, mm-hmm. and I have that it's more active. I, this, yeah, I yeah, also yeah, wrote right. much more active. It's the first thing I wrote for this one. It really, really picks up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I also uh, I I wrote uh, this is the one that I felt like had the loop. Um, but it's a I wrote exhaled dust. There's like almost a breathing <laughs> sound, but it's not a normal breath it's this like decrepit sort of just slow exhalation of of something it's a little gritty it doesn't feel like oh there's some breath sounds i had this dream once that and it was a very real dream that i was coughing and as i was coughing moths were flying out of my mouth like and like maybe that like they were just but they were live and they were fine and they just every time i coughed like more moths would come out (laughs) 
So maybe like it. that. <laughs> it, it wasn't a nightmare. It was just this is the reality of the situation. Yeah, I guess I, I guess cough I and they come out and everybody's fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but actually, uh, David, actually, you saying that you know kind of does make me think. Yeah, this 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 whole CD doesn't f- there. It doesn't feel nightmarish. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, oh, it doesn't no. feel. But it's still. Yes, kind of like kind of like that. You coughing out moths. It's not necessarily a nightmare. It's the reality of what's happening in this dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what this whole album feels like. It's the reality of what's happening in this album. Dream it's not logic, necessarily, album logic. Yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting uh, a way to think about it. I did uh, I did write down revealing for this one where it feels like sort of the uh, the flashlight, the campfire show showing something in the distance, you know, of uh, uh, searching um, with a torch through the darkness. And also the, the, because I'm mentioning darkness, I, I had to write down my notes, night sounds like this is, I mentioned it with another one, but it's night, it's night music. It is. It's, it, are we talking about long way home? I'm talking about no, lonely, lonely shelter. shelter. shelter? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'll my, I'll read from my notes. The night rattles while we hide in the shelter, a faint brightness, but it an Inevitably goes away. So I mean, yeah, we yeah. were definitely in, in the same, same place. Yeah. Yeah. Long way home, though, uh, is also night music. But you're getting to me. I, I wrote down a uh, glinting objects and small glass-like uh, tones and bells. It's like, a very mysterious haunting. This yeah. one track is very haunting to me. For yeah. long way home. For long way yeah. home. Yeah. Well, and for me, it was lights illuminate here and there to help us get to help guide us home to the lost sanctum. Yeah, I hear I heard yeah. bells ringing, but then bending a little bit. Like yes. the, the tone would would shift, and it is that sort of melodic thing that David had mentioned. Like there are in, in the first track, I have tiny melodic notes. There is this minuscule amount of melody in these things, and it's you can you grasp it. You yeah. it's something to hold on to it's while everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's comfort. It's there's there's these sort of dark sounds happening, and these sort of unknown sounds, but then there's something pleasing and harmonic and melodic that's barely there but it gives you some sense of hope in whatever darkness or night it's not even a nightmare but it's what it's those sounds that sort of make it not a nightmare it's just like this is the reality of what's happening yeah i it made me think like is this a sacred journey that they're taking like does it seem kind of like drugged and groggy like imagine like holding up in a shelter and then trying to make your way home like is it like 4 a.m and the sun's coming up and you're drugged and you're groggy right is it a sacred journey like into this sacred cave this lost sanctum like all of those feelings, absolutely. Hey, there's that that story, the Willows, like Algernon Blackwood, mm-hmm. like, and I, I get a lot of that feeling with the the two people on the deserted island, and there's something weird happening, and it's just beyond their perception a lot of time, and it's such a slow build, and they're out in a swampy area alone. It's desolate. It's overcast. I feel that this album really has that vibe like mm-hmm. that's the soundtrack yeah. or that would be the soundtrack if somebody would make that movie have you uh have you ever read any robert eichmann yes yeah it's yeah. that that sort of thing where it's like something bad's happening but it's over here on the periphery and you're not quite sure what it is and then you leave only having known that maybe something bad was happening over there right and i i really sort of like that like Maybe you avoided a, an unsavory fate. Maybe you, you know, if you like, had gone over the hill, yeah, you would exactly. die. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you kind of know that and you feel that. 
and and you're tempted, tempted. And you're tempted. You, yeah, you, you want to see what's going. You're curious, but you hear the you hear the chanting, you hear the bell ringing, and you oh. see maybe the the flames. But there's also another path of light or something leading you slightly away that's a little less obvious, and you you opt to not go to the thing that seems more interesting and and to kind of stay the path. Yeah, you're being drawn to the darkness. You're being drawn <laughs> to your doom, but you avoid it. <laughs> and not and not consciously, you're right? Just, it's you're it's, like, oh, it's instinctively something, yeah. Or or external forces self preservation. Uh, <laughs> right hey, David, when did you come to Lull, and how did you discover Lull? It was through that collected and the, the manifold set. I and when, when when did that come out? I couldn't tell you honestly. Late yeah. in ninety eight, I want to say maybe. Probably. I mean, at, when I was discovering noise. And discovering, going further into the a- ambient, dark ambient, the, the various sounds. I and you know, pre-internet for me, pre-discogs, it was word of mouth. Or, hey, he was on this yeah. record, mm-hmm. or a thanks list, just or reading whatever. the liner yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> or and I was buying a lot through Manifold at the time, and and Vince would have like explanations of like oh, that sounds cool and I'll check that out more when his label was cure you know it was almost like curated art pieces and he'd release something and I'd just buy it and you know hey if it's not good I can go sell it at the used store and the used store had a ton of subharmonic and send tracks <laughs> probably from the borders outlet <laughs> right or <laughs> like that i think that stuff got uh, you know back when labels like that had good distribution and then you know there were cutout bins right where you drill through the barcode and they would remainder it or write it off as a, a loss on their taxes or however that works i'm not i'm not a tax lawyer <laughs> uh That'd but be cool though. You would you would find those things around that were like money losses for the label or that didn't didn't move for the stores and Instead of maybe returning them, like with magazines, where if they if they don't sell magazines, they cut the covers off and send mm-hmm. them back, and then they throw the magazines away to save the paper, just to prove that they didn't sell the magazine because it doesn't have its cover. Uh, same kind of thing with this. I think that a lot of this stuff had, that had come out in the nineties, they made four CD pressings of this thing, you know, right. plus a reissue in two thousand. But the obviously, if we we're going to get ninety eight for the discount price or whatever, it wasn't it wasn't selling, but it was selling to stores and then not moving from there, maybe. And uh, I think. That, that it was a great time to be buying this stuff because you could find a lot of it very affordably and you get such a wide variety of, of awesome releases. Yeah, and there was the two long releases on release. Oh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Continue. And I was getting back into listening to a lot of metal and extreme noise and checking out stuff on release because I could I was buying that through them like actually calling them so the cool mm-hmm. hey i'd like this and they oh let me see if this is in stock and then you know sending <laughs> it to me and or finding it at the used store and i would say that that release and manifold and malignant where i'm just gonna buy it and and see what it sounds like it's you know you you couldn't check it out any other way. There was that Virgin Music isolationism comp. 
The, I don't know this. I do not know not this. Not at all. Don't know it. And Long was on that. But wow. It, but it was not. <laughs> and I'm thinking that's why there were so many pressings. Oh, because yeah. Because okay. there was this comp where they're, hey, we've got this new electronic sound going wow. on. But a lot of it wasn't. I mean, this is isolation. But yes, this of, is isolationist music for sure. But the other stuff, not so much. I, I, I finally listened to it. I think it might be on YouTube. I don't know. And I was thinking, well, not a lot of this is what I would think of as being isolationist. Right. They were pushing that, hey, huh. we've come up with this new genre. Hmm. Wow. And, and and I don't know why, if Subharmonic was Laswell's label and he was just reissuing everything. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if it was, if it's, I don't, I don't know enough to know if it was Laswell's label. I always felt like it was because there was so much Laswell right. on it, but it might have been someone else who just had a Laswell fixation or maybe he curated, but someone else was the money. Uh, some of those places, you know, they had, uh, they had P&D deals where they just say, okay, here's the artwork, here's the thing, make it, sell the copies, pay me whatever and pay the artist whatever. And they didn't even have to think about it um, really? as like running a label back then. So maybe maybe there was something like that going on too, where it was like it was a sub label of something else that was a, a larger thing that just they had they had a good right. distribution and a deal, and they just made and honestly, a bunch of did, stuff. I don't think Centrax had distribution. I think they were a very very small label in England. They did some great. Those Myths compilations are really awesome. Final, uh, final, yeah. Centrax Tactile. put out some really great stuff. Uh, I really like that Inscape record. I don't know that one. It's really good. Oh, I think the founder of Centrax passed away in 2014 of cancer. Yeah, John John Everall. John Everall. Yeah, he's also tactile. Tactile. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. He uh, he used to be on the Coil mailing list back in the late 90s, um, and so he he interacted a lot on there, and that was I think probably where I became aware of Centrax. But uh, yeah, he's a. uh, R.I.P. John Everall. Absolutely. So when did you get this CD? Do you remember? I don't remember. Yeah. I was. But it's been with you for for a forever. While, for yeah, a long yeah. time. And you yeah. know where it is, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I thought was so crazy um, reading about Mick Harris was how much he talked about like battling with self-doubt, like hating his drums, hating the way the things he released sound. Like even like on this, you get such like a, a feeling of like, um unstable piece you know what i mean but i i think that it that's maybe the reason it resonates with all of us because i feel right. like every time you create something you look at it and you're like that's not good enough that's well, garbage i i go through a, <laughs> i go know? through a phase where i hate what i've just done i yeah. just i just do not like it i don't know it's some mental issue obviously and mick and i might share the same yeah, he, he definitely has that. Like, yeah. Oh, this isn't good enough. Or, man, this mix could have just done this. Or, why did I put that there? And just, yeah. And so, a lot of times, I have to set stuff aside, or I won't be able to listen to it for years, or I, or mm-hmm. I won't be able to listen to it at all. I feel like, uh, who was the singer, English guy? He died recently. He would put out a record like every Scott Walker. Scott Walker. Uh, and, there's that documentary and he's like, yeah, I listened to the finished product once and that's it. I do not wow. listen to. That, that's it's what, wild. that's also what uh, Richard Ramirez yeah. said. He said he listens yeah. back once and then that's it. He, he said, any, figures any, out what project it is. And yeah, any other yeah. issues that come out, he doesn't listen to them again. He just, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. Right. I, 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 I do feel that I, I have that as well. 
Uh, Tara, I think what you were saying about the unstable piece, um, I think that's a really great way of putting it and a great way of putting the kind of feel of this whole album. But then, and then even the last track and the last track title, Lost Sanctum, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of lost piece, that sanctum that maybe you lost and you're looking for again. And maybe that's this idea of unstable peace. I really like, I think that's a really great way of, 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 of wording it. Well, well, thank you. Oh, (laughs) 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 but, but it's, but I do think that like, you know, that is kind of like self doubt. Like you, you think you've evicted it from yourself and then all of a sudden you realize that it's back. And so in the vein of this being about isolation and being inside of yourself, like it, it is like that invisible, um, thing that it's ominous and coming after you. Like we said, there's no real threat, but there's a threat. And maybe, you know, that is what it's like to be an individual person is that you're fine one minute and then your brain goes off track. Uh, you wake up in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden that's when the abuse starts, you know? I feel like that threat is the unknown on this record. Mm-hmm. Certainly like just, just the outside, the outside world, again, bringing back to the isolationist themes or, or at least what I'm feeling on it. This, this last piece, Lost Sanctum, I heard, uh, I heard sort of gong tones, some sort of slowed down gong, distant gongs. I wrote that for sure. And these sort of higher spears of sound. Now it's funny listening to this and listening to it with David, because this track reminds me of an venomous, (laughs) like very, very, you're you're welcome, but it got it written on my notes here. It's got this sort of glacial descent and these, these sort of, stabs and swells that come in and it's a it, it's in a very similar mode to Invenomous, who i you know of course just saw play last night um and is also a very isolationist soundtrack feeling cinematic drone ambient music dark ambient music um and this one this one also just pulled me pulled me in you know that there's a measure of time with this one like i'm i'm feeling that i can feel feel the time underlying it. I can feel the pulse that he may be feeling. And I think maybe when we're, when I was talking about time earlier that, and him being a drummer, when you're in the zone and you're playing, you might, you, you have this push pull kind of pulse that you can feel in your body that may be your internal clock working at this specific pace so you know this sound goes here then this sound comes in yeah mm-hmm. and i can feel feel it and, and you know and it's just working and and it it might not be this sound here this sound here like quantized it it's definitely right. more of it's left to it's it's left to feel. It's left feel. to your own your own uh, body's clock. You're right. left to your own sort of ideas of how things feel. It's that it's that way that you you can nod your head to this record, and to, mm-hmm. it's going to be a slow, steady Stage. nod. Right. But you can you can feel the the composition, the compositional sense in it. And I think he's got a very strong compositional sense to make music this sort of empty feel this engaging. Oh, there's no question. There's there's a huge sense of composition throughout all these tracks, and I think that's what makes this very effective. And I think that's that's one thing that makes, you know, ambient music uh, effective is when you inject that. I mean, I think you know he said Brian Eno was a big influence. Yeah. And I mean, music for airports. I mean, how, we listen to that. That, that, that that's a, that's like a weekly so much. kind of yeah. like just 
you know, don't put, know what put to put that on, on, put it on. Just get the get mm-hmm. the atmosphere set. And again, just that perfect sense of of composition, but but distilled down to this abstract, you know, feel. And I, you know, I think I think Mick Harris absolutely nails that uh, on this album. What a great album! Yeah, and can I just say, Lost Sanctum made me think of like the um, Oracle at Delphos, like the Greek Oracle where the, there would be like these gases, like ethylene gas coming out of fissures in the ground. And then people would stand over it and have visions and then like kind of like, you know, speak these crazy prophecies. Um, and just like your distant gongs and the gongs ringing, I think that like this has that kind of like timeless sense to this last track to end on. I have I have the about halfway through the track at the beginning there's this grinding sound that's really overpowering and really ominous. But about halfway through the track, it feels to me that the tone changes and it's mm-hmm. more floating, like he's floating up out of wherever he was at. And then he's got sounds going on that's things around. Like if you're floating up and there's like birds coming out of your, you know, through your field of vision or mm-hmm. off to the left or off to the right, he's got these sounds going that are to me are very evocative of, of that. Oh, I, I heard that. I heard, I know the shift you're talking about. I heard it's sort of a, that, that's that uh drain void ambience. Like it, it changes in tone and it goes to, it gives kind of that uh, water down the drain, constant kind of constant low rush of sound, you know, I thought it was narcotic gas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very uh, narcotic record here mm-hmm. also seems that the toward the end of each track he brings something in different yeah to kind of be this is the ending this is going to be a different sound that i have you have not encountered before and it and it's a signal that that is going to be the end of the track by enzo you mean like it could be like four minutes from when the track yeah. actually right, ends. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a winding down, down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. here i'm going to introduce the end the coda yeah 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 very cool this is such a fun listen uh if you haven't heard this wonderful album from 1994 uh you should track down a copy it yeah and is... that's early for yes yeah. oh totally genre mm-hmm. for yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah this this you know, actual proper dark ambient right. he, uh, he isolationist cinematic stuff. Right. He wasn't, I'm going to listen to this and it, it'll inspire me to do something the same. He was listening oh, to Eno father. and yeah. bringing, yeah. bringing in his vision into it. Yeah. And it's, and we're, we're all, we're all, uh, it's great that we all get to experience this vision and we can experience it forever. Uh, and, and ever. And it's going to be one of those things that's going to keep revealing itself as the years go on. I mean, think about it, David. I mean, you've been listening to this for however many decades, literally decades. Oh, yeah. And it's, it is just as revealing today as it probably was the first time you listened to it. Right. And, and sitting here today, I, it was more, I was listening to it more critically too. And we had been talking about, I wonder what sounds he's using. I wonder what gear he's using. And long way home, I'm hearing a lot of percussion-based sounds, like bowed cymbals, where he went to his drum set and working yeah. in, like, oh, I've got this cymbal sound. I can speed it up, slow it down. Yeah. I can bow this and get this really cool sound. In that book that came with the manifold comp, 
he talked about using his garden gate as a sound wow. source. Cool. So I can see him out there maybe with a, a really nice mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then whatever he's using. Bang it, make it creak, wow. uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, scrape on it. Like, if it's got a nice sound, use it. Wow. So, so sick. Um, David, thank you for picking this. Thank you for bringing this. Oh, sure. I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, where can our listeners find your stuff? What's the, what's the best avenue to, to keep up with uh, your work and, and, and all that? Well, I have my Bandcamp. It's mvixer.bandcamp.com. Another project that I probably forgot to mention. Yeah. I-M-V-I-X-O-R. That I do. And it's... No, no, no. Does that also have the Envenomous stuff and the Lost Rayland Land stuff on it the Bandcamp? It or? has some. It, and it has newer stuff. So there's... And some things that hadn't been released that I, I put out some... So there's a variety of things. There's the earliest and venomous material, kind of a comp of really early things. There's old and new brittle foundries. There's uh, unreleased Lost Array Lawn CD that is now on there. It's not a CD now. It's just a pay-what-you-want download. There's also (laughs) Oxidation Records. Mark has been kicking out some of my earliest stuff, which is interesting to listen to, honestly. Uh, um, I bet. It's, wow, what, no, my headspace in 2002, like, whoa, very, very <laughs> revealing and different. And it, it's cool in one way, and then in another way, it's oh, so naive, or I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, whatever. And, and if people like it, that's what matters. It's all that ever matters. Right. I mean, well, if you like it, and if, if people if like somebody, are putting it out there, yeah. I think it's, it's a good thing. You know, they're like, somebody might say, I love this release. And I'm thinking, oh, I was so, I was so naive back then. Or I, I, the decisions I made, but like, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. They enjoy I, it. I, Let mm-hmm. them enjoy it. Right. And I liked it at the time. I liked it enough to release at the time. And that's where I was at the time. So. Very cool. So yeah. go to that. You got any anything coming up? Obviously, we were talking about the Liminal Presence CD. That's that's, uh, that's fantastic. That everyone should pick up. Do you got anything else coming out in the near future? Any any tours or anything like that? Um, no tours. The the new Nightmares cassette and book will be out shortly. Who's putting that out, Mark? Or we are or just everyone kind of mm-hmm. together. Yeah, everyone together. Obviously, obviously, but you can if you, get it through Mark probably easier than you can get it through John and I. And, and, and if, if for, for those who don't know, Nightmares being uh, David Reed, Mark Solichoff, and Jonathan Candy's uh, collaborative project. Right. Um, very cool. So that's, that's coming out this year? Right. Cool. Yeah, in weeks. Oh, it, there you go. Oh, nice. Maybe by the time this is out, it'll uh, be... Honestly, yes. So it's, it's, mean, it's, We're it's, just it's, waiting for the cassettes to show this up. This is imminent. So just go check. Right. And then there's a... Do a duo with my friend Ty, Fatal Gaze. We play out a lot at Columbus, and we're going to try to expand that and get some releases out. I also have a thing with Colin Andrew Sheffield called The Paladis, and we're going to have a tape out. Well, Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. This sure. is so cool. Let's go uh let's go play a show, guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. Show. <laughs> yeah, let's go do it. All It'll right. already have happened by the time this episode comes out. Yep. So hey, great hive mindset. Great set. Great and venomous set. Pretty darn good haunting set. And uh, I bet Lieberstadt's gonna be pretty damn good too. Yeah. 
Heck. I mean, Lieberstow was pretty damn good. <laughs> Can we have a snack before we reminisce snack, about how great that was? Cocktail. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and maybe a lol seven inch. Ooh. Sounds good. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise extra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.